You are listening to the Supermom's Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 164. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 164. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms, Pura Vida. I am no longer recording this from the beach with my air conditioning running and my uh, little sundresses. I am now snuggled up under a blanket with my cuddly puppy looking out at snow-capped mountains. So, I, but I will try to keep the same Pura Vida uh, atmosphere and peaceful vibes. On today's podcast, where we're going to talk about the Enneagram Type 5. Before we get started, I just want to say how much I am enjoying the Super Mom is Getting Tired Facebook community and the Facebook group. So if you are not a member, please join us there. It's been so heartwarming to see how much support parents are having for one another and to hear people like relate to the different Enneagram types and really gain insights. My dream for this Facebook group is to really be a supportive environment where you can get real helpful tips and tricks, but also just that support that makes the parenting journey that much easier. So I would love it if you would tell your friends and spread the word about the Supermom is Getting Tired Facebook community as well as this podcast. So today we are talking about the type five, which is the investigator or the observer. These fives are known for their thirst for knowledge, a desire to understand, and a tendency towards introspection and solitude. Now, I have a lot of type fives in my family, but I don't get to coach very many type fives. They don't tend to come to coaching very often, and you might see why when I read more about it. Same with the sevens and the eights. As you hear about them, you might understand more of why they don't come to life coaching quite as much as the other types do. But these perceptive cerebral problem solvers are intensely curious and love to delve into topics that interest them. Fives are lifelong learners and enjoy acquiring expertise in areas that captivate their intellect. Although fives love to learn a little bit about lots of things, they thrive when they can become an expert in one thing. Type fives value their independence and autonomy. They are introspective by nature and need solitude to recharge and reflect on their thoughts and ideas. Type fives tend to be reserved and observant in social situations. They prefer to listen and observe as they gather information and analyze their surroundings. When they do speak, their words are well thought out, presenting fully formed ideas, unlike extroverts like me who tend to think out loud. Type 5 individuals excel at strategic thinking and problem solving. They have a knack for seeing patterns and connections, which enables them to come up with innovative solutions to complex problems. 
Think Bill Gates. Think Einstein. Imagine we all wake up every day with our battery fully charged at 100%. Like a cell phone battery, we have like our, our own life energy battery. And we start the day at 100%, but as we move throughout our day, work, kids, chores, arguing, and traffic, things can drain our energy so that at bedtime, we are flatlined, 0%. We need to go to bed, recharge, so that we can wake up again in the morning at 100%. Well, Enneagram type fives start the day with their battery charged at about 20%. And then being out in the world drains the battery so quickly that they need to retreat in order to charge it up again. Just like it's as if nobody else's cell phone chargers worked and you had to go home to charge up your battery. These fives need to go home to charge up their battery. They can't just take a portable charger with them out into the world (laughs) like extroverts can. So this makes fives keep involvement with others to a minimum in order to preserve that energy. Small talk, sharing feelings, and socializing can feel like an intrusion, making relationships challenging and making it like coming to life coaching where there might be talk about feelings, sort of a energy drain. So it is not uncommon for reserve type fives to adopt a minimalist lifestyle. They prefer to keep their life simple so that there are fewer demands on their time, energy, and attention. And so having fewer possessions, having a simple routine, eating the same things every day, this makes life easier for them so that they can preserve that precious energy. So the core fear for the Enneagram 5 is being incompetent, incapable, or ignorant. They fear being overwhelmed by the demands of the world and not having the resources to navigate it successfully. The core belief for the Enneagram Type 5 is that they must protect themselves from the demands of the world by accumulating knowledge and minimizing their needs. They believe that by being self-sufficient and intellectually competent, they can avoid feeling overwhelmed or vulnerable. And then this core motivation. So if if you've got a kid who's a type five and you notice that they are pretty easy to uh, maintain as long as they can stay home, keep a routine, read books all day, (laughs) they maybe don't require a lot of socializing out in the world, they probably hate social media. If this is somebody you might be living with, knowing that their motivation is to possess knowledge to understand the environment, and to have everything figured out as a way of defending the self from threats from the environment, these energy drains. So if your kid wakes up in the morning and they're like, what are the plans for the day? They need to know so that they can allocate their energy appropriately, like which aspect of the day is going to drain them the most, and they can dole it out knowing that there's like an end time where they can come home and retreat. It's just making me think about how hard I tried to get my high schooler to not, he would come home from school and he would take a nap right away. 
And I was like, don't you just want to like get your homework done first? And then you can like go to bed at a reasonable hour and not be, you know, sleep in the middle of the day and then have a hard time falling asleep at night and staying up super late. I'm like, I really had this picture in my head of how he should be doling out his energy and managing his time. And I tried and tried and finally gave up because he needed to come home and sleep. I think this was freshman year of high school where then he had to go back to school for volleyball and then he'd come back home to do homework. And I just thought it would be easier for him to do it the other way around, but nope, he needed to sleep. He needed that recuperation time in order to kind of refuel himself to to power through the rest of uh, volleyball practice. So let me tell you a story about a mom on Ann came to me after I spoke at a parenting conference. She wanted to make sure she was setting her kids up for a successful future. She had moved to the U.S. specifically to give her kids the best opportunities that life had to offer and had been reading parenting books and attending parenting conferences to learn more about our kind of U.S. parenting culture and how to set your kids up for success here in the West. Ann had taken sort of an intellectual approach to parenting. She was diving deep into into educational theories, to child and brain development. She was learning as much as she could and providing her kids a stable home environment, keeping the peace with her gentle demeanor, but also wanting to ensure that she was setting them up for success. Because it was clear that she was meeting all of her kids' intellectual needs. She was, her kids were in a very um, high pressure, high expectation school district. So, and I was talking to her, I was getting the sense that she was motivated by this, this <laughs> Enneagram type five of like wanting the intellectual knowledge. So I decided to take a whole brain approach with her. I met her at her intellectual curiosity. And I told her about how schools are doing a great job of educating the left hemisphere of kids' brains. But if she wanted to supplement at home, she could do so with the right brain skills because schools didn't have time to focus on the right hemisphere of the brain as much as they were the left. And that we wanted our kids to have this whole brain education. And she was hungry to learn more. She really liked this idea. And so I talked about how engineering companies were complaining that the kids coming to work for them had plenty of knowledge and education, but not enough real-life experience. That kids today weren't doing enough tinkering in the backyard. They weren't building things, playing with things, jumping off of things, you know, experiencing like rocks, water, and sand. Like nobody was building dams in the creek anymore. And they could see that showing up in businesses because of the lack of like experimentation that didn't happen as they were children. They were doing things on the computer or on worksheets, but they weren't actually handling three-dimensional objects and it was having negative career consequences for them down the road. So Odd was practically salivating. (laughs) She had a park down the street from her house that she had never taken her kids to before because she thought it was a waste of time. But when I explained that right brain skills are about playing and 
experimenting and using your body as this like lever and to like see what a kid can do and playing with rocks and sticks and all these things. She was so excited to like take her kids to the park. (laughs) So uh, we talked about how swinging and spinning is really good for the brain because it gets the two hemispheres of the brain to communicate. I talked about the right hemisphere skills of empathy, art, storytelling, and play, and how she could help her kids develop their right brains at home while school worked on their left brains. She was so excited about this, and so was I, because I felt like I was helping her kids get a more well-rounded childhood by sort of feeding Anne's desire for intellectual knowledge. I suggested that while her kids were playing at the park, she pick up Daniel Pink's book, Why Right Brain Thinkers Are Going to Rule the Future. So I gave her sort of a left brain reason to allow her kids to swing on swings, spin around, hang upside down, and play at the park, knowing that it was really good for their brain development. Here are three questions to determine if you might be a Enneagram type five. Number one. Do I minimize my exposure to the outside world in order to conserve energy? Number two, do I prefer accumulating knowledge and information over material possessions, clothes, or symbols of status? Number three, when a situation gets emotional, intense, or overwhelming, do I disconnect from my feelings in the moment and then reconnect with them later at a time and place that works for me. Or (laughs) when I read this, I was like, or I was reading about this, I thought, well, that sounds ideal of this reconnecting with them later at a time and place of my choice. But what often happens with Enneagram type fives is that they don't reconnect with feelings later because who wants to do that? Not a five. And so what happens is it becomes anxiety. And so it sort of turns into uh, mental spinning and overanalyzing, overthinking, instead of actually connecting with the emotions and feeling those feelings. So anxiety is something that Enneagram type fives can deal with quite often. So behind fives' relentless pursuit of knowledge are deep insecurities about their ability to function successfully in the world. Fives feel that they do not have an ability to do things as well as others, but rather than engage directly with activities that might bolster their confidence, fives take a step back into their minds where they feel more capable. Their belief is that from the safety of their minds, they will eventually figure out how to do things and one day rejoin the world. Think about all those people sitting at home watching Jeopardy (laughs) right now, quizzing themselves, thinking if I can just acquire enough knowledge, then I'll be able to figure out how to parent my children better. (laughs) So the struggles of the Enneagram type fives that as parents might encounter, okay? So maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, I might be married to a five. (laughs) Or I think my parent was a five. So I want you to listen to these, see if this sounds familiar, okay? So as parents, Enneagram type fives might struggle with, number one, emotional availability. Type five parents have a hard time expressing emotions openly and providing the emotional support 
and validation that children need. They may prioritize intellectual engagement. So you might say like, hey, come here and and learn about this. Watch this documentary with me. You know, let's read this book together. But it may, they might prioritize intellectual engagement over emotional connections, which could lead to difficulties in nurturing their children's emotional development. So I cannot even talk about this without thinking about my own childhood. And I remember one of my girlfriends complaining that her dad never said, I love you. And I was like, thought about that. I'm like, well, my dad never said I loved you, but I know he did. So it doesn't mean that emotional unavailability creates like emotional delay in children because like I knew my dad loved me, but it did as a open-hearted feeling people person it did make me crave emotional validation, emotional understanding, and seek a career where I could explore that side of me because I grew up in an environment where there was not a lot of feelings talked about. (laughs) Okay, so number one, emotional availability. Number two, a need for space and solitude. Oh my goodness, parents. You know how hard it is to get space and solitude while you're raising children. Imagine if you are a type five and you wake up every day with 20% of your battery recharged and you need space and solitude in order to recharge it. Like these parents really, you know, I don't like to say like hard and fast rules, but I would imagine that this type of all the other types should probably not be a stay-home parent. Like, they, it seems like they would really struggle with that. And maybe I'm wrong. Please prove me wrong. But because they need that solitude and they, you need a quiet job, how many people out there have ever fantasized about getting a job in a bookstore? <laughs> like a small bookstore, not like a big one. Like, or a library, just because you need that quiet and solitude. Like I am an extroverted people person and I have had that fantasy while raising children. So think about these fives, right? The need for personal space combined with the demands of parenting it is can be just super challenging. So these fives need significant periods of solitude to pursue this in their interests. I have a family member who would take two weeks off a year and go traveling by himself. And like, he learned that that was his self-care. And then he could think about the trip. He could plan the trip. He had get excited about it. And he would go off by himself and just wander the foothills of Scotland because he needed it. And that's okay. All right. Number three struggle type fives may encounter as parents is a difficulty with spontaneity. Type fives tend to prefer structure and predictability in their lives, and they may struggle with the spontaneous and unpredictable nature of children, finding it challenging to adapt to the ever-changing demands and needs of parenting. I mean, it's exhausting even for those of us who can handle spontaneity. Like as soon as you settle your kids into a routine, like with naps, let's say, then they go and change it. As soon as you can predict it, I feel like that's when it starts changing. So think about how hard that is for a five. 
who thrives on routine and structure. Luckily, kids thrive. All kids thrive on routine and structure, some more than others. Um, so that's a really like stable environment for kids to grow up in, but um, it can be a struggle for parents. So number four, a struggle that type fives can have is an overemphasis on independence. Type five parents might be so ready for their kids to grow up and become self-sufficient that they might be ready before their kids are also ready to do so. So while independence is important and kind of great in this like helicopter parenting culture to have a parent who wants their kids to be independent, it's also crucial for children to feel supported and nurtured as they navigate the world. And number five, struggle that these uh, type five parents can have is anxiety. That fives tend to have very busy brains and are prone to ruminating, overthinking, and mental spinning. It's interesting because they often have a slow external pace, which hides a hyper-anxious mind and the suppressing of emotions. And ignoring the body can exacerbate this anxiety. So Uh, Because fives are so cerebral, they sort of dwell in the head, which is where anxiety lives, that the feeling things in the body and moving the body, like being active in sports and, you know, exercise and stuff really help to move that anxiety out. But it's not always the first thought for fives, (laughs) the first way for them to react. So Here's what fives use life coaching for. Number one, to understand and connect with their children because they often struggle with empathy and they see things intellectually. And so their kids, you know, kids are not logical. Kids are very much in their emotions. And so that could be really hard for a cerebral uh, type five. So helping, I like to help my clients like connect with their kids and understand where they're coming from, putting themselves in, in their shoes, all that stuff. Number two is to focus on time management and accomplishing goals. So I do have a five, type five client that I've been coaching for a long time. And Time management is the one topic that we just keep circling back to, you know? Type fives are really good at like whiling away the hours, shall we say? They're experts at wasting time because it doesn't feel like a waste to them. To quote my father, I was born to be retired. To quote him again, years, a decade later, I was born to be quarantined. (laughs) He loved the removal of the expectations to leave the house and suddenly had like guilt-free reasons to stay home. I am doing my civic duty by never leaving the house. Hallelujah. That was heaven on earth to him. So fives that can manage their days because they love to learn. And the invention of the internet was a gift from the heavens to them because learning is available at all times. So it is really important and helpful for fives to get out of their brain and into their like daily tasks and to focus on accomplishing small goals and kind of moving the needle forward on the things they actually want to get done in their lives. Okay, so number three, 
is five use life coaching to reduce anxiety and find tools for relaxing the nervous system because that nervous system, you know, if you think about you only have 20% of your battery charged and you're outside of the house and your battery gets to zero, what happens then is the nervous system goes through the roof and it is very uncomfortable and a five does not want to be caught outside of their house being depleted of energy. And so having tools to relax the nervous system can help increase the tolerance so that your battery can get charged to like 30% (laughs) Uh, or take little breaks during the day to sort of recharge and reboost that energy. Like instead of just having your energy drain, how can I create more energy? All right. And number four, uh, Fives Use Life Coaching to help them take breaks from parenting, which I'm going to tell you uh, about a client that I had named Monique. I'll call Monique. Monique came to life coaching in what I call zombie mommy mode. She was going through the motions of her life without feeling fully present, alive, or connected. She was sort of numbed out. And she didn't know why. She couldn't name what was wrong. This hamster wheel she ran on every day sort of kept her family afloat, kept them, everything was on autopilot. She had the job she wanted, the house she wanted, the family she wanted, but she was lost. So once I figured out that she was an Enneagram type five, it was so easy to see what was missing. Monique needed alone time and she needed to delve into learning something new. Like think about the daily tasks of work and kids and dishes and laundry and picking up and blah, blah, blah. She was missing that intellectual stimulation that, you know, her job, she'd kind of plateaued at. So it was nice because it was predictable and it didn't drain her energy because she felt competent, but she wasn't learning anything new. And so she started with taking a day to herself to explore the city. She wandered through museums. She spent as much time as she wanted at each exhibit without listening to complaining children. It was heaven. She could explore mentally, learn things, take in intellectual information. When he came home, her husband and her children noticed a marked difference in her demeanor. She seemed happier, lighter, more relaxed. She was like her old self. So her husband suggested she take a whole weekend away next time, and she did. She signed up for a free walking tour in the city, diving into the history. She relished the quiet evenings to herself. She enjoyed a two-hour breakfast where she, get this, actually got to read an entire newspaper. Remember newspapers? Like, they still exist. They've gotten much smaller, but they are still out there. And she loved being able to read a paper. And then she went out and she visited some of the city's historical landmarks and really got to dive into something that was so new and fun and different for her. These weekends that she gave herself gave her the quiet time that she needed to fill up her cup, get a break from the noise, chaos and clutter that parenting children at home can create. And it helped her like devote time to this favorite activity that she'd kind of lost, which was learning. So she sort of increased her capacity 
to be out in the world and have a little more energy by doing these activities. This retreat helped her boost her energy so that she, instead of operating at 20%, she was up to 30% and sort of filled up that cup. Now, other Enneagram types that I have coached often worry about what people will think if they take breaks away from their kids. But fives don't care about that. These thoughtful, self-sufficient investigators like to maximize their mental abilities, avoid taking risks, and value integrity over social acceptance. So it doesn't bother them that people might judge them for taking a week or two off to travel without their children. They need it and they just don't think (laughs) to take it because when you're in zombie mommy mode, you're kind of disconnected from like your feelings and your emotions. And so you don't notice how depleted you really are. All right. Here's some small action steps fives can take today to feel like a more balanced and peaceful parent. Number one, focus on making decisions and accomplishing tasks. You would be surprised, maybe, at how much of an energy boost you get from making a decision. It's like closing a loop. It's like uh, checking off your to-do list. When you can check that mark and cross something off, it gives you a dopamine hit. It gives you an energy boost. So notice when you're getting intensely involved in project involved in projects that don't necessarily support your self-esteem, your confidence, or your life situation, meaning you're down a rabbit hole of reading all about the, the history of the city, but it's not actually helping you feel like a competent parent, okay? Or it's preventing you from cleaning the garage or something that you really need to be doing. So It is possible to follow many different fascinating subjects, games, pastimes, but they can become huge distractions from what fives know they really need to do. So decisive action will bring more confidence than learning more facts or acquiring more unrelated skills, okay? So focus on closing a loop, making a decision, and accomplishing a task. That is your tip for the day. The second tip for the day to help fives feel more balanced and more peaceful is to use physical activity to get out of mental spirals. Fives tend to be extremely intense and so high strung that it can be difficult to relax and unwind. Making an effort to learn to calm down in a healthy way without using drugs or alcohol is really helpful. And exercising, maybe using biofeedback techniques can channel some of this tremendous nervous energy. So what's some things that are really good for fives, meditation, jogging, yoga, dancing, all of those are super helpful for type fives. Bike riding, you know, mountain biking, all that stuff. So, so good. That's your tip number two is physical activity. And number three is for parents Enneagram Type 5 parents, is to learn active listening. Living with children means living with emotional beings, which is very taxing for a Type 5. So try repeating what you hear your kids say. If you can paraphrase their thoughts and their feelings, if they're like, you know, crying and screaming, you could say, you feel strongly about not going to the store or whatever. 
Uh, So you can paraphrase their thoughts, put words onto their feelings. This is going to help your kids feel heard, seen, and felt, which is a beautiful thing. But it gives your brain something to do while your kids are experiencing emotion. And it can build a close connection with your children without having to like empathize with their emotions. So you might not sympathize, I guess is a better word. You might not sympathize of why they're so upset because they only get one cookie instead of two. Like that might, you might think that's dumb or illogical or, you know, the things that they care about. You're like, I really don't relate. And your behavior is inappropriate. It's maybe how five things. But if you are just repeating what you hear them say, this takes enough intellectual work that it's going to keep your brain busy. And so you don't have to sympathize. You don't have to understand how they're feeling. You're just like, wow, you really wanted that cookie. I hear you saying that you wanted two cookies and you only got one and that you are feeling very strongly about this and having a lot of emotions. Like You don't even have to name what the emotions are. <laughs> this, you could just say what you hear them say and what you hear them, how that you're expressing your emotions. And I promise you, this will engage your intellect so much and help your kids feel like you're the best parent in the world. All right, Enneagram type fives and those that live with them and love them. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I certainly have a huge place in my heart for these types. And join the Facebook group and tell me. Let me know if you know, if you're living with any of them. I think there's some really good tips for parenting them that I didn't get to talk about because of time. So maybe we can uh, talk about that in the Facebook group. All right. Take care. I will love you and leave you and put a vida. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.